Welcome to the Think Like a Champion podcast, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can actually apply them to your own life and raise your game. I'm your host, Trevor Moad, and on this episode of Think Like a Champion, I am joined by a true champion, Michaela Schifrin. We're going to talk about overcoming fear and pressure. Michaela is one of the most decorated skiers of all time. She is no stranger to the fears and pressure of everyday life, and we hope you'll be able to take home some insight from her incredible athletic achievements. First of all, thank you so much for making time uh, out of your schedule to join us. Uh, how are things going right now? I am just kind of in the middle of a high-intensity training block, so we're kind of gearing up for the season. It's like the final push before the race season starts. You know, obviously people know the outcomes, nine world championship medals, including two Olympic gold medals and three World Cup titles. What are some of the hows? What are some of the things that really drive uh, your success, the behaviors? You know, Russell and I always believe that your behavior is always in front of your success. Like you do it right and then the success comes. Uh, what are some of those things that really make you uh, the performer that you're able to be? Definitely in my experience, I started out almost naive to the feeling of pressure or the feeling of having to perform. I remember doing an interview before Sochi and, and someone was asking me, you know, are you, are you ready for this? Are you ready for the craziness that is the Olympics? And I was like, you know, everyone's talking about the Olympics. Like it's some dark, ominous cloud that's like coming and you can't avoid it. And it's some big storm. And I don't know. And I just, I am really excited to go compete at the Olympics and it's, it's ski racing. So I'm just going to do what I do and uh, and just, you know, try to enjoy it pretty much. And um, I guess I got through Sochi and after winning that gold, it hit me afterwards. I was like, oh my right. goodness, <clears throat> this is so big. And then that sort of kicked off the next phase of my career, I would say, where I, I had actually a little bit of struggle. Um I started to, like, I started thinking a little bit more. I started, yep. um, you know, hearing what people were saying when I didn't win by by enough. And then this, it was kind of through those next seasons, 2015, 16, 17 even, where I started having um, some, some struggles with anxiety, performance anxiety, <sighs> just really struggling with a lot of doubt and not really understanding where that came from because all my life, all my career, I had just been able to focus on the skiing and just the task at hand. And um, that was kind of phase two of my career of like, in a, in a sense, overthinking things, but also realizing right. that you, you don't have control over what what you think or what thoughts come in your mind or what worries are there. It's just, that's what happens. Like that's what being human is. And you can't really control what you think, but you can control how you respond to those thoughts. And that was kind of the biggest learning process through those few years was how do I respond to these thoughts and worries and fears and general pressure that seems to be increasing that I'm feeling, um, not only based off of my own expectations, but also uh, from feeling the expectations from outside that I had not, for whatever reason, I had just not paid attention to before all of a sudden I was paying attention to those. So you kind of had this uh, becoming good phase and then you hit this next part, which is sustaining excellence, right? Where, you know, you win where nobody expects you to win. And then all of a sudden 
now you got to do it over and over again. And, you know, I think that's where when we can get our mind to this is why I win, then we're less sort of analyzing like, oh, my God, I've got to win now because of these sponsors and all these things. So it's kind of like the whole idea of, of how you do it versus the results you get. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is super interesting because for me, it's like the difference between winning the race versus racing the race. I would prefer to focus on racing it. And that includes putting out my best skiing, all all the technical pieces that go in line when I ski my very best. And and what are some of those? Do do you mind just, just to help understand technically what makes you the skier you are? Yeah. It's a really... Is a sport with a lot of different variables, different snow conditions. Every single time you go out to ski, um, it's not the same surface. Sometimes it's icy, sometimes it's a little softer, sometimes it's more bumpy. The the temperature changes, all these things change. So like managing those variables, um, for me, what has, I think, helped make me so successful is that I have a lot of discipline in my body position, which kind of allows me to handle those different variables and different conditions um, and keep everything as, as consistent as, as it can be. It's things like not letting my arms, you know, flail all about if I get out of balance, just kind of keeping everything fairly centered and balanced. A lot of people think it actually looks like I'm not skiing as fast because I don't have as much movement going on as a lot of the other athletes, but then it ends up being as fast or faster. And it's just sometimes those extra movements, um, basically slow you down or they just complicate the turn. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember when we talked to the Olympian, Michael Johnson, he said he had a note card and it just had four things, head down, pump my arms, explode. I'm a bullet. And if I do those things, I'll succeed. And, you know, when you think about fear and pressure, how do you overcome that fear and pressure that's naturally associated with skiing, particularly at the velocity that, that you compete at? In my opinion, you can't you can't get rid of pressure. You can't make it go away. So you actually can't really overcome it. Um, you can just like perform even though you feel it. So it's like changing if you have a camera lens and you're focusing on something, you know, up close to you, and then all of a sudden you you go long distance and you you change the focus and everything up close blurs out, and then you've you've got something in the distance in focus. It's kind of like doing that with your mind. So these these feelings of pressure or worry or doubt or just whatever hectic thoughts come into your mind and you kind of have to accept that those are going to keep coming into your mind even at the worst like least ideal times. But you can sort of take your attention and put it back on the thing that you that you want to do. And right. you, you can't control the competitors or whatever, but so you can't guarantee a win, but you can always say, like, if I do the best that I can do with my skiing, the result is going to be the best it can possibly be. And I can be proud of that. In the starting gate, uh, as you're getting ready to go up, what is actually going through your mind, Michaela? Oh, gosh. It's, it's a really nerve-wracking kind of essentially two minutes that you're standing in the start gate after, you know, the person in front of you has is racing and they've already gone. And sometimes it's this feeling of like going into battle or um, it almost feels like a death sentence sometimes, but you know, like, okay, it's just because I care. I'm just, I'm excited. I, I feel the kind of nervous excitement and anticipation and, and that's all okay. 
And it's almost just trying to pass the time before essentially they say, you know, ready, go. And once you're racing, you're racing. Then then all of a sudden, you know, your instincts take over, your training takes over. And yeah, and it either goes well or it doesn't. But like, then that that awful feeling of pressure isn't weighing you down as much, which is the wonderful thing is that once you're actually doing the thing you're doing, the pressure, you don't, you don't feel that anymore. Well, you know, Billie Jean King would always say pressure is a privilege, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You know, now let's say you've had the success. How do you deal with the outcomes that come with the success, the endorsements, the opportunities, that pressure, you know, you've simplified your mind, you've executed your race. Like, how do you manage that pressure? Yeah, I mean, once you get to the top level, it was like the better you perform, the less time you have, the, the more obligations you have outside of, you know, actually performing. So the less time you have to do the work you have to do to keep performing. So you have to be that much better about time management and uh, kind of being realistic about what you're capable of doing on and off the field, essentially. Then it's also like, how do these things fulfill me as a person yeah, in life? And what advice do you have for, for people that are, that are struggling with pressure right now? I feel a little bit of relief is knowing that the pressure is coming from yourself. And I know that doesn't like help when you're thinking, oh, great. So now, now I just feel crazy. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's like a natural thing for the mind to create thoughts, worries, fears, pressure, because you care about something. So at the root of the matter is the fact that you actually care and you, you want to do well. So you kind of, you have to basically determine what your values are in that thing, whether it's in sports and you're competing at Olympic level, or it's just like you're the daily work that you're doing and you're really feeling overwhelmed and feeling a lot of pressure. You're not going to be able to make that go away. But if you know, if you have a really strong idea of what, like what your values are, what your standards are in how you perform, Every time you feel the pressure, you feel the thoughts, the worries, you, your brain starts going wild, you kind of take a moment, redirect your attention on what those core values are, and then you can, then you have a direction to move forward. And you, it's just sometimes it's, sometimes it's one step after the other. You know, Michaela, we've seen people like Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, uh, even Michael Phelps talk about just that challenge with mental health under the pressure. Uh, can you share some insights with us on how you deal with that pressure? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I know the feeling of having so much weight and knowing that really no matter what you do, unless it's gold, even if it's gold, so many people are going to have an opinion about it. And sometimes you just want to shut that off, but it is a little bit of the kind of the price you pay for um, <laughs> performing so greatly at something. And, you know, it's just, you can't stop people from having an opinion, but you also can't stop seeing that. And for every hundred positive comments, a single negative comment completely wipes it all away. It just, that's the thing you focus on. So it just becomes this sort of downward spiral of feeling like you're letting the whole entire world down and you're, you're disappointing everybody. But you actually kind of can take a step back as an athlete and say, I mean, if people are disappointed in something I've done, 
especially like people that I don't even know, that's actually not something that I... (laughs) I can't control their emotions or feelings or disappointment. It's not my job to make them happy. That they made a choice to allow something so removed from their lives as my performance in this competition to actually disappoint them. Right. So that's like, that's a them thing, not a me thing. And you know, I was just thinking, you know, the Navy SEALs call it adversity tolerance. Not that you make the adversity go the way, go away, but you deal with it and you keep moving forward. You know, How do you manage that in your life? I mean, I think it's so true. It's, it's, you build up a tolerance by doing it and practicing. And you look at, okay, take Navy SEALs, for instance, how much training and like regimented programming they go through that is beyond any of our wildest dreams just to be able to get into the situation where they have a mission and no matter what they feel, what the circumstances are, they have a mission and they're focused on that mission. That's it, you know, and you have to build up a huge tolerance for that. Or like uh, if you think of that singular focus. Yeah, you have a singular isolated f- yeah. focus. Yeah. Or like for the rock climbers, um, um, free climbing is a similar thing. I think you actually <laughs> you develop your brain, it's like a muscle and you strengthen parts of your brain that allow you to tolerate that really, really uncomfortable feeling um, of pressure and having to perform. So um, do you develop most of your confidence on like your behavior and your habits? And then, you know, more so than trying to convince yourself through words that you're going to, you're going to win this, uh, solemn event or this gold medal or, you know, I mean, two-time Olympic gold medalist, three-time World Cup champion, you know, as Russ and I always say, nothing happens by accident. You know, like, like, so that confidence is coming probably more from what you're doing, I would imagine, right? I would say I never have confidence in what I think the result is going to be or, or could be. I never have confidence in that. But I have... In my best races, I have confidence in the standards that I, I want to hold myself to with my skiing, my, my technique, my tactics, um, how I want to race the race versus how I want to win the race. Of course, everybody wants to win the race. That, that's a no-brainer. So it's like you just accept that everybody wants to win. And, and I have a plan of what I want to do with my skiing today. So I'm going to focus all of my energy on that. And you just have to accept that you don't know what's going to happen until the race is over. With me, this the thing that I love about skiing, I, I love actually feeling like I'm improving my skiing and my turns and getting faster. And I like the feeling of actually skiing when I'm skiing well. I like that feeling even more than I like the feeling of winning. And they just happen to go hand in hand most of the time. So it's sort of like the icing on the cake to be able to ski a run and feel so good when I'm skiing it and then go at, at, like actually win the race and say, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing because that felt really good. You know, sometimes you even win when you don't feel like you've actually accomplished what uh, what you wanted to with your skiing that day. And I've had races like that where I'm I win and I'm almost disappointed in myself because I feel like I didn't I didn't race to my ability. And on the flip side, you have races where you come in second or third, but you feel like, oh, that's the act. This is the best I could do today. And I actually, in a way, I exceeded my own potential for the day 
or I, I matched my own potential for the day. So um, I actually can be proud of that, even though it wasn't a win. And, and I think that's where it's really one of the last things that I want to hit on, which you've talked about is sleep. You know, and we, we've talked about this with some of our earlier guests, that sleep's sort of a weapon. But talk a little bit about, you know, how you've uh, weaponized sleep in your life to be an asset for you. Yeah, it's the best form of recovery you can have. I mean, if I have to make a choice of what I'm going to do for my recovery, I'll choose sleep every time because it's the only time where you can recover physically, emotionally, and mentally all at the same time. And maximizing my sleep is going to give me the best chance to perform, um, you know, to my standards that I set. And if it's if it's eight hours, great. If it's nine hours, better. If I can get a nap during the day, that's my ideal situation. And that's how I perform the best, whether it's at a race or just a training camp or during the summer when I'm, you know, going to do my strength session in the morning and then a, a hard interval workout in the afternoon, like making sure that I'm getting the proper recovery to go full gas 100% for every little bit of work that I have to do. It's like nutrition. It's like hydrating. Sleep is a huge part of physical and mental health in order to be able to do what you have to do to the best of your ability. But it's rare, you know, it's rare that people understand that, you know, as we get here towards the end, I guess the last question I'd have for you is, you know, there's a lot of young athletes out there in Vail, Crested Butte, Colorado, or, you know, training with Bodie Miller in Vermont or whatever that, that want to have that success. What advice do you have for those that, that are aiming high, but they got, you know, a mountain to climb? Oh, I mean, just start climbing. <laughs> it's a big question, but... It's important to have goals for what you want your results to be on a daily basis, a weekly basis, monthly, yearly, and even like a five-year plan. It's important to have those goals because they become like checkpoints or milestones along the way. And you can assess, you know, how you're working based off of whether you're, you're checking off those boxes. But it's also important, just as important to set your values of not only what you want to achieve, but sort of how you want to achieve it. And not, not only your expectations for results, but your standards of what you want your performance to be in order to get those results. And that, that becomes your, your map to get there. And then it really just boils down to being willing to really work. I mean, I think people get tired of hearing it, but you have to work really hard. You have to make the sacrifices. Whatever level you're at, you're going to be making sacrifices that probably most of your peers um, or friends, especially if they're not, you know, your teammates, they're not making or they they don't want to make. And they're going to pressure you into, you know, just come out with us. You never come out. But those are the, those are the sacrifices you have to make in order to like we just talked about, get enough sleep, put all your ducks in a row to keep moving towards these these sort of ultimate goals and and values you want to live by. And it's not a particularly easy path, but if you do it that way, I think you'll absolutely find that it's worth it. Well, and I think that's why you are what you are. And I think for for Russell and myself, it's just an incredible opportunity for us and everybody at Audible, just to get a chance to hear, you know, not the outcomes, which have been incredible, but your knowledge. When we would draft players when I worked for the Jaguars, 
uh, like we would call it conscious competency, knowing you're good, but knowing why you're good, which is a big difference between unconsciously confident, which is being good sometimes, but not knowing why. You know, you clear, clearly have a great understanding of how to repeat it. And uh, obviously, wish you continued success in your upcoming opportunities. And thank you so much, uh, Michaela, for making the time uh, to join us today on the Think Like a Champion podcast. I know I got better, <laughs> and I know I'm not the audience, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, truly, as we all look to take that next step, understanding that we don't need to be sick to get better. <laughs>